0: Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Patty From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses. She's driving it home with Patty Vasquez.
1: <laughs> Joining me in studio as we drive it home today is Senator Dan Katowski, CEO of. Kids above all joining me in the studio, teasing me about my, my chair, which I had requested, because there's so many screens in our studio. It's very hard when I have a guest like Senator Dan Kutowski. He's also my friend. Uh, I can't see them sometimes, so I just asked for it. Do you feel like you're uh, George Bailey uh, in yeah, Potter's
2: office? Yeah, I do. I feel like <laughs> I'm in, in Potter's office. And can
1: you hear me? And I, and I know. Can, are we on the air? Can everybody hear us? I hope so. Yeah, we're on the air. I know I can't hear myself either. I can't hear Are you? The, plug, uh, are your headphones plugged in? I, yes, this they is, are. This is how we do great radio. <laughs> this is great radio. This Here's is a, high level. There's a knob. There's a knob over by here. See that knob right there? You can turn it up. You can turn oh, it down. Yeah, no, right there. Right. You see that's that? Right.
2: All right it. then. I got it. I got it. I got it. So everything's
1: up. Oh, he's on. The, he's on that microphone. Is that? Is that one? He's on four. I'm not used to anyone sitting over there. Welcome. In the, sitting in the corner today. Welcome
2: to our first show ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You'd, Hello, you'd be surprised Radio that I've been doing Lamb. this for ten years, right? So it's like, <laughs> you threw me off. We threw each other <laughs>
2: off. It's Groundhog Day all over again, Patty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Senator Dan Kotowski joins us in studio, CEO of Kids Above All. They've got a great program running right now. They're sponsors of the show, by the way. Yes. Uh, and we talk about you every show. Tell folks to visit kidsaboveall.org. And now you have a new for the new year in twenty twenty four. Every Saturday, you have a, a plan for folks Step to get up more Saturday. Above. Step, step up Saturday, Saturday.
2: yes, yeah, step up Excellent. Saturday. Excellent. And uh, what we say to people is, you should be able to, you know, step up, stand up for kids impacted by poverty, violence, and injustice. So we've been issuing a message every week, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal what the message is this week. But the first uh, few messages is like number one, uh, you know, sign up for our a newsletter. Uh number two. Um, we had a winter wish list that we've created on Amazon. You can go on Amazon, especially for our kids and are living in places that are may have not have a lot of heat or may not have any heat altogether, or some of the young people that we work with are facing a tremendous amount of housing insecurity and they're homeless. And we had twenty six people step up and buy hats, gloves, scarves, socks, um, you know, coats, jackets, uh, so people could be, our kids could be warmer. So that was step two. And then step three was we're looking for people to join our team, join the kids above all family, be a part of the solution, help to build a better life for a child impacted by poverty, violence, and injustice. So step one, step two, step three, Campaign is gaining momentum. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing is, I feel like there's too many videos of me, Patty. So <laughs> I'm like, you I'm do like, a great I'm job. Like, you, you're quite anemic, and I look at myself. I'm like, you got to get some sun or something, <laughs> right? You know? you gonna ch- you're gonna get a chance to travel I feel at some like point. I'm kind of extra from Twilight, and I'm, adv- you know, I'm advocating for kids above all, but that's okay. So, um, but. Uh, <laughs> A lot of good. Your team, Edward. I'm team, Your, Edward. yes, there you go. yes, yes. But but it's uh, it's exciting to see the involvement and the support that we're, we're we're experiencing for kids above all, and then people want to get involved. They they they, and it's very interesting that we're posting stuff because people are saying like, "Tell me more about this organization," or "How can I get involved?" And it's great when social media works well that way, right? For a good. Reason for a good cause is, is uh, as opposed to the hate, toxic filled waste that you see on social media, just constantly level of anger that's out there and just misleading information. But, you know, we're putting information out there that is like, look, if you're looking for a way to get involved, you feel that young people who've experienced trauma should have every opportunity to lead a, a meaningful, productive, independent life. We're the organization for you. Here's how you get involved. And that's social media is working that way.
1: So, follow kids above all on Instagram, on uh, on Facebook. That way you can have something positive in your feed yes, yeah. and a call to action. How can you get involved? How can you make things better instead of getting angry and wishing ill on people? You're right. I mean, there's so much vitriol out there. It's- it is.
2: And it's just like, and it comes from like what you're seeing at the at the top uh, or I should, or the bottom. uh depends on how you look at it. There's people who are running for the highest uh, positions in our country and there's nothing but hate that's spewing from their mouths and they're, they don't offer any solutions, any ways in which you could uh, build stronger, healthier, safer communities. Nothing like that. Just just filled with hate an absence and a dearth of solutions. And we're saying, like, look, if you want to be a part of the solution, join us. You know, we're engaged. We have unbelievable people who work at our organization. They're committed. They're doing tremendous work and they just want to see the world better. And they, and they believe in leaving the world better than they found it. And it's really exciting to be a part of a team. And we, like I said, we call ourselves a family at Kids Above All. And, and that's what's been really exciting to see. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's been, it's been thrilling to do this and to put it out there, the message, and, and there's a lot of energy and involvement.
1: Now, I've known you for over 15 years. We've worked together on a lot of projects, uh, and we've had really so much success in a lot of different areas. And you've been on my show many times, both here and my previous radio station. So I wanted to take a moment, though, to int- reintroduce you, because I was thinking about you the other day. We're, we're going through the guardianship process for Declan. When he turned 18, we now have to go through a legal process. We have to go to court. And uh, it turns out Loyola does a great job. Loyola and University, their law department, does a great job working with families like mine. And the young woman that I talked to who's studying law there, she told me that one of the reasons she chose Loyola was because of their Jesuit philosophy and helping others. And I know that you went to Loyola Academy, but I also want to know a little bit more about your family because they've been committed to service and the community that you grew up in. So let me start how I, I enjoy starting. Where'd you grow
2: up, my friend? <sighs> grew up in, in the park, Rogers Park, West Rogers Park, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, grew up in the St. Margaret Mary um, community there. So, uh, one of the, you know, one of the people we're going to hear today Mm -hmm. is a guy named Tommy Stanton. He grew up in Rogers Park too. Went to St. Margaret Mary's. I went to Boone School, but we all convened at St. Margaret Mary's Church. And all of us, a lot of us went to Loyal Academy, uh, for school. And my dad said he'd be a Jesuit. Uh, he was going to be a Jesuit priest. My mom was in the convent. And I like to (laughs) say that's why I have so many Issues, uh, oh, really good oh issues, dear. really yeah. healthy, holy issues. Mm. But that are what we talked about in our family is like, what are you doing to leave the world better than you found it? And to whom much is given, much is required. And so, and, and the part of the Jesuit philosophy is, how, do, how are you being a, a human being for others? And, and what, what are you doing each day? Uh, to make sure other people have every opportunity to be successful in life, to leverage your own resources, your own, you know, your own, I don't know, your own privilege, for lack of a better word. What are you doing to make sure that you're sharing this so other people can be, you know, successful? And so I... That's one of the things I think my father and God rest his soul, he passed last year, he always talked about it. My mother is still she's still alive, thankfully. But that's what we talked about. And if you weren't doing it, you weren't you weren't really stepping up. I mean and uh so that's again going back to the step up theme. You know, what can we do as a step up to make sure we're building better lives for kids and families? And it all started at our house, it all started in, in Rogers Park, it all started at uh, Saint Margaret Mary's and Boone School and, and going out to Loyola and then uh, leading to uh, this moment here. So um, it's been it's been a, it's been a great journey.
1: And we're both uh, grads of University of Illinois, Champaign right. Urbana, UIUC. Do you do you call it what do you, what do you call it cuz I call it U of I. Uh, I you know as a student sometimes we call it Champana just to be silly. But uh, Griffin is like, you mean UIUC." I'm like, "Okay, Mr. Nobody, Fancy." Nobody.
2: nobody. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry Griffin. U of I. Love him. <laughs> Super great. Child, son of mm-hmm. yours, man, and he's 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 becoming a you know just as someone who's going to be. I'm sure he's going to just he's knocking the, knocking it out of the park. He's set the world on fire. But you're wrong, Griffin. It's Thank you. Not, nobody says you are you, no. It's kind of like when you meet somebody there, like, uh, hey, uh, how's Shy Town doing? Oh God, <laughs> nobody <Yeah>. says chi Town. <laughs> or if you go to like uh, San Francisco and you go to, like, oh, San Fran's awesome. Nobody calls it San Fran; they call it the city. Right, when you're the there, city. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go to all these different places and people. Don't refer to it uh, as as some people would. So U of I, we said to go to U of I, and so and it's been a great. uh, It was a great experience. Loved U of I. Awesome. Uh, awesome experience and uh then went to DePaul got my graduate degree there at DePaul so
1: i uh i you know griffin would not visit uvi when uh, he was looking at schools we went he he wanted to do a madison said he wanted to go look at uw and i tried not to take it personally but now that he has friends to go to u you now i have to say UIUC cuz he says i'm like where were you this weekend he goes UIUC. he has friends there and he loves the campus which it really I think people underestimate how wonderful University of Illinois is. It's
2: got to, if you haven't been there, and if you went to school, uh, I obviously graduated much earlier than you did because you're so much younger Pretty than I am. sure. <laughs> just I'd... go with it. Just okay. write yeah, 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 it yeah, out. Yeah yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. In the <laughs> 2000s when you graduated. So anyways, when I graduated, uh, uh, it was back when. Uh, back when the wagon wheel I'm coming was, up about 30 years Yeah, year. we had stagecoaches there when I was sure. there. Nice. So, but if you go there, I went there a couple years ago. My son was in this Quidditch tournament. My son, Nate, right? A Quidditch tournament. The campus there is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. they've knocked down a lot of the dorms which were part of the six backs they build these beautiful dorms and this like there's a walking area there and you feel like you're a part of a town they've created these all these the whole another part of the i think the, the other quad that they've built where the gee school of quad. business is and there's a the, yeah. uh, architecture school and i think there's a, another uh, um i guess there's a, an art museum and i mean it's really really beautiful and so they've done a lot there and, and the school is is quite amazing did you
1: know, you know that uh, speaking of the museums uh I don't know if it's still there but did you know do you know whose leg whose wooden leg that they had in one of the museums on campus uh, an Illinois regiment surprised Santa Ana while he was pic- picnicking, uh, <laughs> they, and he was not able to strap his leg on before he got on his horse. And no way. We- <laughs> I didn't know that until after I left campus. I, I came across it when I was in grad and school. And the leg is still there. Uh, it was. In, in the 90s, it was still at the University of Illinois. I don't know if we've given it back yet.
2: <laughs> to be, to say, that would have been, been a good thing to, like, to, know? to show me. To be a party. <laughs> you'd be at a party. You'd be at a party. You'll buy. And and fr- I was like, where did this leg come from? Well, that's a good store Interesting Story. It was uh, Santa Ana's leg, and and we kind of found it. Let um, me see
1: if it's still there. Hold on a second. You keep talking for a second because I, I can you imagine that on a scavenger hunt. Why is General Santa Anna's leg in Illinois as of 2021?
2: Where, where, which, what, what building is that? Because <laughs> if I recall correctly, I, I've never. It's I, probably an FLB, the, the most secure <laughs> building. That apparently, if it, you know, FLB, that get the source where the, the, di- the computers, like if it's if, in a pyramid, isn't it? Well, if the, if 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 there Fort was any type of building, explosion, folks, yes. it would it would it would fall. That right. way. Right. No, outward. Outward. So right. it wouldn't crush the, the supercomputer in the basement. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> that was the folklore at U of I when we were there.
1: Well, plus we were in uh, Space Odyssey, too. Wasn't that like part of the, the, the computer in that movie? Hal? Hal, Was, Hell. was yes. from
2: University of Illinois. Is that right? I yeah. forgot about that.
1: Uh, General Santa Ana had two good legs when he was found the day after the Battle of San Jacinto. He was hiding in the tall grass near Buffalo Bayou. Though his two legs were as good as new, he still complained it was given a horseback ride. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, so how is it that his... Prosthetic leg is going is, is, is still for the second century displayed in the Illinois State. Oh, it's in Springfield Military Museum at Springfield, Illinois.
2: So it went from the U of I, I to the U of really. I might be misremembering U of I. What do you it's, think it's the security in, was like with the leg? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when they took it's us from U of I, bag, like, a, like who's that guy? Bag. What are you carrying here? Like, <laughs> you think it was like a guy in a Volkswagen, or do you think he had high level security protecting the leg? Yeah. I think the the greatest kind of uh, protection there was the fact that nobody really knew what anybody was carrying in terms of the transport there. Yeah, I was, was, yeah, I was, this was like,
1: I don't know. But it's yeah. an
2: interesting trophy, though. I want to find out who was Texas responsible. Texas wants it back, by the way. They're not getting it. <laughs> they're not getting it. Yeah. You not, know, they said know, everything's coming from Texas here. Like, <laughs> they're not getting back what they want, you know. If they would start playing ball with us and, you know, they, you know acting a little bit nice, you know.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, this is this is so crazy. Yeah, but anyway, our troops took the ab- abandoned appendage into custody, transported it to Illinois, prudently assuring it would never again be put to warlike purposes. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Like in the middle of week, Prudently. Like, prudently. That's a great use of the, the word, yeah. right? Say that one more time. Say yeah.
1: it. <laughs> the, our troops took the abandoned appendage into custody and transported it to Illinois, prudently assuring it would never be put to warlike purposes again. <laughs> the abandoned appendage. Yeah. It has resided here since and is currently among the holdings of the Illinois State Military I think I was Museum. reading
2: a book called The Abandoned Appendage <laughs> and I got in trouble when I was in high school. <laughs>
1: It oh was, my god!
2: Yeah, that's
1: this nice. is amazing. I, I I don't know. Do you ever have like something like just kick out of your brain that just it's like great this stuff random? Because random
3: it's like, you know, piece of information.
2: I'm telling you, I've been learning French lately because, uh, and I and just studying languages really helped my brain to start work better. Start work working better. Start work better. <laughs> we, now we can I can't this. speak, yeah. but I remember things. I can't speak <laughs> grammatically oh accurate, god. but no, my my brain is is working more efficiently. I'm remembering more things because i'm learning a language. Oh, what are you li- what are you studying? French. Oh. Yeah, I'm chante. Fera jaca <laughs> fera that's, <laughs> that's, like uh, uh, <laughs> that's like the Chicago phrase. I say dormebeau. <laughs> yeah. Someone like my Tina. like Can I have a croissant? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that croissant at the okay. cafe.
1: First of all, two th- two <laughs> things. Uh, one, when i was in second grade, I, so i spoke sp- I, didn- I understood spanish until i was 5 until i went to kindergarten which was at Onahan over by here. See. Si. And uh, and uh, But once I started learning more English and my mom didn't, we didn't speak Spanish at home very much. uh, But in second grade, we, and I had to have a speech class because uh, I didn't speak clearly in English because I had two languages in my head. Right, right, right. So we started studying French. In second grade, and that was I. I don't know how long we did it for, but all I know is Farah Jaca. That's all. is that right?
2: <laughs> yes, I know the whole it's fun. funny, but they're all, they're all similar, like the, the French, uh, Italian, Italian, and Spanish, because the, the Romance languages. And you see the, you know, the root of the word, right? Yeah, very yeah. similar. Like salute, Latin. you know, you know, bonjour and and bon, bon nuit is is good night, and bonsoir is good evening. And so it's like learning it. Duolingo, here's a little my little ad. Hopefully, we can get Duolingo, Duolingo. to do like an ad for your show nice. because Duolingo, Duolingo they do a really nice job of it um, They get you basically study the language and um, you don't sound like you're from Chicago right, when you're pronouncing it right yeah un café well
1: now a couple more no, things, but let me go here first because I am. I'm currently watching a show that uh, was on the air until 2015 on HBO called Boardwalk Empire. Oh yeah, did you ever okay. watch that? No, I didn't. I, I I don't know if you like these kinds of shows. Do you? Did you like? I didn't like Sopranos very much. I, I tried watching it. Every everyone's like, oh, it's amazing. You got to watch it. And I watched these. I would watch one episode and just gruesome things were happening. And people would tell me, oh yeah, that's a terrible episode. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it another shot.
2: And in, I watched, every episode, oh my god, yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh no, that, that, well that wasn't that wasn't as Bed. There are only three people killed in that one.
1: Yeah, but it, exactly. And, and but in Boardwalk Empire, they actually start both. It's Atlantic City and Chicago. It's sort of parallel stories. And, and really. How, and uh, but I love the Chicago mobsters in Boardwalk Empire. I just they got the, you know they're all just chewing their words yeah, yeah, like this. Yeah. You know, but Obey, Opanion, You know, the florist. It's just a just laugh
2: every single time. Is it but a we, good show. Like, Did you like
1: it? I, I'm enjoying it. I'm on season three. Okay. Um, they, I mean, there's insane people, but I think that as a politician, you see how there are these alliances you have to build and like things that, you know, you have to do everything you can to, for self-preservation. You see how people make these deals. Right, right. And uh, so, I mean, you know, that's the thing is, and you also see uh, and I, they did this, in, they do this in a lot of shows, like Orange is a New Black, I thought did a really good job of doing flashbacks and showing you how somebody ends up incarcerated, you know, like uh-huh. a woman in, a, in an abusive relationship or an immigrant who, uh, you know, was asked to be a mule, whatever, all these different and, and in Boardwalk Empire and similar shows, you see how people have to develop their own economy because, you know, whether it's a black person who isn't, you know, they can only be servers at a restaurant and be paid pennies. Right. And, uh, you know, so why wouldn't you go make money, Uh you know, running booze? You know what I mean? like Things like that. So I'm enjoying elements like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The involvement of the KKK and there's the background is also politics because they're trying to get Harding elected and, um, you know, it's obviously they have prohibition. So it's got politics, the mob, you know, the law enforcement, a lot of different elements. Veterans, Veterans of World War one
2: well it's like I, we're yeah. watching um the crown and um I didn't realize number one um just how kind of compelling it is from a political perspective not just like you know like I don't feel oh the Royals oh my god like yeah, the Americans fascination with the royal family but there is this uh, this influence or this steady, predictability of having the queen and the queen's interaction with the different prime ministers. And it's intriguing from a political standpoint because she's able to hold this position for a lengthy period of time. And it has all this perspective to share with people who kind of come in on a wave, right? They come in on a wave and, and, and they, uh, Disregard her advice at their own peril. Yep. Right. And 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 so, but she's also trying to be supportive and change with it. So it's really fascinating to me because are
1: you, have you seen all the seasons yet? Or I'm we're
2: almost done. Okay, I'm almost done with it. And uh, um, it's excellent. The, 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 the acting is just incredible. Oh. It's incredible like yeah. the people it's incredible and the writing's fantastic and who knows whether it's true or not but right. like
1: there's I, elements the public stuff obviously we remember yes. and I thought the woman who played Princess Diana did a great job but I think that the guy who plays the older Prince Charles I'm like he's just too hot to play Prince Charles <laughs> it's uh, just,
2: he's, too hot. he's really really good <laughs> he's though he's so good yes Yeah. He, I'm not having this whole issue of him being hot as a just distraction <laughs> for me it's not throwing me <laughs> he's off he's too cute <laughs> you know
1: I mean? he's a hottie he's a
2: hottie I often say that to my wife when we're watching like a A sporting event. She's like, Oh my God, what did he do to his hair? And what's like and he's like he's like, Oh,
1: he really looks good when
3: he
2: smiles. I said, Honey, I don't like (laughs) that's he could, My God, DeMar DeRozan has such a nice smile when he scores a basket. I'm like, you know, we don't usually talk about that when we're watching the game. But, yeah, he does have a nice he's smile. He's got nice toned legs. Totally, look at him. He's very sinewy. He's, he looks like he's been working on his muscles. And, and it's just an interesting uh, uh, perspective because uh, my wife uh, is very – she defends, like, the other team when uh, when the other team loses. And she'll say, oh, my God, I feel so bad for the other team. And I can see that. She's like, why, you know, why are you rooting against the other team? They lost. They suffered, and I'm like, because they lost, you know. <laughs> well, let me ask you
1: this, uh, uh, Let me ask you this about the crown, because uh, you know, we, we the, I think that the politics of it is really compelling. I, I not ask you my favorite line, I think, from uh, I think it's the middle queen because there's three w- actresses that play the queen. Yeah. Right. And they, cause they do it in two year segments. Right. But to your point about the prime minister coming in, because she went through so many of them, you know, from Winston Churchill to Margaret Thatcher and, and Tony, Tony Blair, Tony Blair. Yeah. Uh, but there's a moment where she says to one of them that's resigning, she goes, you know, you've all either been too old, too weak or too feeble. You know, that kind of a line. And it was just like, I was like, yeah, it's just been because it's true. She has sustained. She had sustained all the way to the very end.
2: And she's got such a difficult position to be in, to be um, in that role, to be taken seriously, Um, you know, based on you know position and also based on the fact your gender and just and just like she's in this space. Yeah. And people come in and they're like, yeah, I'm like the. You know I'm 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 the next big thing. And she's like, "Yeah, I've been here." Thank you. Welcome. i made mean, 70 years. Exactly. <laughs> Seven years holding on to it, so it's pretty good
1: We are in studio with Senator Dan Kotowski, the CEO of Kids Above All. Coming up after 530, we're going to talk to Tom Stanton from the Epilepsy yes. Foundation. And uh, we are take a call before we take the break, uh, before we go to the, the weather later. But uh, let's take a break here and continue our conversation on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. And thank you, by the way, to our sponsors, Monaco Brewing Company. Uh, thank you, Kirk Bankstead, for your fearless fight in Wisconsin to flip that state to blue. Uh, we'll, we'll take a state of blue. Let's go. Let Blue, whatever it is. Yeah, let's yeah. go. And so go to MonacoBrewingCompany.com and find out how you can order a Progressive Brew or one of their great hats and t-shirts. Uh, I know he's got he's got a dark brand and stout coming out, which is very oh, A dark brand yeah, and stout. Yeah, really? He's got all, he, all of these are themed obviously. Are you a big
2: you a stout drinker? Do you I like love your, stouts. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love a good stout. I like a good uh, diet uh, caffeine free NW uh, <laughs> well, Rupert.
1: Do you drink caffeine at all? Cuz I got I can get <laughs> no, can, give a, can team, a can of water. I, would, I, would I, I, would I have, got coffee. I got would not on the What would happen
2: to me if I You and I are both of that That would be a problem. We're already a problem right now. We also, want to thank our friend Warren
1: Price at European <laughs> U.S. Collision Auto Center over at Forty Eighty North Broadway, a division of Technocraft. We also uh, encourage you to make sure you keep your inf- you keep yourself safe. If you are in a fender bender, make sure you're safe, and then gather all the information, and then give Warren a call. Go to Europeanus.com to know more. And thank you to our friends at Kids Above All. Go to KidsAboveAll.org and find how you can participate in Step Up Saturday. Every Saturday, let's go. It's a call to action to help kids live happier,
0: healthier, safer lives.
2: I like just tossing in, like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Way to go. More
1: after this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820.
1: We are in the studio. Too Senator. hot. Too hot. Mike's hot. Mic's your hot. Uh, Senator Dick, we weren't saying anything bad, it's not like cuss words. Although you and I, 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 I did a comedy show one time for uh, the muscular muscular dystrophy, and Steve was in the lobby and people were leaving, so he could hear them as they were walking out. They were like, she was really funny, but I'll bet she swears like a sailor. <laughs> and uh, my husband was like, got that right. FNA right, right? Yeah, right. FNA. FNA. Uh, Jim in Chicago joins us on the line. Jim, you're on with me and Senator Dan Kotowski. What's on your mind, my friend?
4: Hi, Dan. Hi, Patty. Hey. I think we got, English, we got English weather for the last four days. It feels like London here with the fog blowing in and out. But I was but going to mention Davos. I was listening to a very uh, disturbing meeting they had there, the CEOs from the banks in America. No pop, no paupers allowed without a banjo. They, get, they wouldn't have any paupers into the meeting. Anyway, these are all moneyed people, and they're all for Trump winning. They want tax cuts. They think that uh, another big round of tax cuts that served their purposes just kindly. Uh, and uh, Trump was talking about the big tax cut again. And I'm sure that the Koch brothers are happy with it. and uh, So that's the money element of the Republican Party. I mean, they've got... Uh Use your Just huge amounts of money behind them. Well, I would, you know?
1: say, I would say one of the things that Senator Gutowski uh, introduced me to was a book called Don't Think of an Elephant. And, you know, and actually when Speaker Madigan was in office. He told me to read a book called uh, uh, <laughs> Strangers in Their Own Land, which uh-huh. is which is about people who vote against their best interests. So I think both those books are kind of helpful because for this journalist went into went into the deep south. And for them, it was all guns and Bibles. And, and, and because the Republicans had have cornered the market on evangelical religion, religious groups. Right. Uh, so and they use the language from don't think of an elephant, which is fear and hatred, using the words like freedom. And somehow they don't they vote against everything that would help them, whether, yeah. whether it's wages. I mean, I love that the uh, president of UAW, Sean Fein, has, has said that uh, he's calling him a scab. And I just I think that the, I think that. The rat scab, the rat scabby, the rat should be at every Trump rally. Yes. I think we'd we roll that out,
4: right? Yeah. Let me let me understand this. Why are the Catholics throwing their lot in? I'm a Catholic. What are they? What are they throwing their lot in with? Depressed and uh, this uh, effort to get Trump elected. Uh, the two uh, Catholic stations are for Trump every day. Everything's the Heritage Foundation, the Washington Examiner. Nothing, not even a hint of anything Democratic. That is a shock to me.
2: Well, within, I think with, I think within any religion, there's, there's segments within the religion. I think, you know, my, uh, uh, my mother's been a Catholic her entire life and she, she supports reproductive healthcare choices and she always has. And, and the vast majority of people that she, you know, that she grew up with who are, uh, practicing Catholics support the fact that women should be able to make decisions with their own bodies. So I think part of that is a lot of what's advertised in the uh, in the news, uh, per se, and they don't really get down to the actual conversations with women. There's a reason why that ballot initiative is being successful in states which are considered very moderate states, uh, like Ohio. That's People like, that's a big surprise. It's not.
1: Here, you want to hear something from Wisconsin? You want to be angry? Listen to this guy, Jim. Hold on. Let me do this.
5: The question is whether abortion is health care. And if you believe that a fetus is a human life, then abortion is not health care. You know, in my veterinary career, I did thousands of, of ultrasounds on animals, you know, uh, determining pregnancy and that kind of thing. So I think I know... Mammalian fetal development better than probably anyone here. I'm and a parent. I'm a So in my mind, there's absolutely no question that's a life.
1: Yeah, and no I, th- I think the
5: science backs me up on that.
1: There's no question that uh, the all the, the the ultrasounds I've given as a veterinarian, you know, when I see uh, a baby horse, that's the same thing. What I mean, and so and uh, so, are you if if that were the case, then every single mammalian would have exactly the same rights. First of all. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. then is he also having funerals and giving social security numbers to the foal inside the mayor
2: well I think the other part is there there's absolutely no commitment whatsoever to protect uh, children um, after they're born yeah. uh, on that side there's no started there's yeah. no commitment to oh. helping kids get adopted to are and uh, in situations where uh, they, they would, there's, there's so many families in the United States of America who would adopt kids today. And so there's things that you could do to reduce unwanted pregnancies or, or, to, or to make sure that when people get pregnant, and when we are pregnant, they're able to help, they're able to have their children up for adoption or when they have their children, they're able to provide support. And so we haven't seen that sort of a commitment from that other party. Uh, and sadly, and it, 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 it hasn't existed. And the challenge here is like, what do you what do you want to see as someone who's a, as a voter? You want to see that investment, you want to see that support, you want to see Kids, no matter what they look like, where they come from, what their orientation is, that they have every opportunity to realize their full potential in life, and that's the commitment we see. That's sort of like this creating this. Most people who are, um, most people who are uh, practice a religion, whether they're practicing Catholics, they um, while they would support reproductive health care, they they, are, they are, they're not necessarily in favor of abortion, but they also know what it's like to make really difficult decisions with their body if they're sick. You know, and if they want to be, able, they don't want that right taken away from them. Yep. So there's a balance, and it's not often talked about. But thanks for your question.
1: Thanks, Jim. I got to run to the break. Have a great evening, and let's say break here. We're to talk to Tom Stanton from the Epilepsy Foundation in just a moment on w- Danny Did, Danny Did, Danny, Danny did, did Foundation. My apologies yeah. from the Danny Did Foundation. And I know Tom. What's wrong with me? I don't know. I
2: don't know yeah. you'll get through it. All right then. Yeah,
1: Danny Did Foundation. Our friend Tom Stanton will join us in just a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal.
5: from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at
1: the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles. And drink responsibly.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: Senator Dan Kotowski joins us in studio. He's the CEO of Kids Above All. And one of the ways that we met, we met years ago at the Chicago Center for Performing Arts. I was doing a comedy show to benefit an organization that helped people with epilepsy. And we've been working together on a lot of different projects ever since. And he introduced me, I believe, to, I believe you introduced me to Tom Stanton from the Danny Didd Foundation. Hey, hey, how you doing, Tom? Hi, Patty. How are you doing? We're doing very well. We're on the air with uh, Senator Katowski. So I'm glad to have you both together to have this conversation. Uh, how are things going?
5: Things are great. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Hey. Um Dan, I, I didn't realize we, we we read the same books in high school. The Abandoned Appendage <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> spectacular.
1: That's
2: right. That was confiscated okay. from my room. For, folks, the, uh, for yeah. folks
1: who are just tuning in, The Abandoned Appendage, uh, we in the state of Illinois have ownership of Santa Ana's leg. Uh, he ra- ran away from an Illinois regimen. He was hiding from them, and so they absconded. And uh, so they could not be... <laughs> This
2: awesome bit of random information. It's the it's really one of the most. It's just priceless uh, that you have. I'm happy that. to share that with you. So Tom, Tom, yes. I, Tom and I grew up together. We're from the same neighborhood, and uh, uh, Tom uh, and his brother Mike and Marianne had asked me to. Uh, Joined the board when they started the Danny Did Foundation because Tom's nephew and, and Mike and Mary Ann's uh, son Danny had died from a seizure uh, in his sleep, and so they created this uh, amazing organization that Tom leads now, uh, and they help to save lives and they protect uh, children uh, from uh, sudden unexplained death from epilepsy and they do outstanding work in getting these MFIT monitors. So it would be great, Tom, if you could uh, explain people what's going on with the Danny Fu- Did Foundation and uh, the difference that you're making and how much you've expanded.
5: Yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, yeah, so, so Danny, uh, my nephew, had epilepsy, and um, he was pretty well controlled by medication. He, he had his first seizure around the age of two, um, and then all his subsequent seizures occurred during sleep so that's a, a kind of a thing that a lot of people don't realize is that seizures can and do happen during sleep um, and so fast forward uh, two and a half years later he was almost five years old and um, he went to the doctor for kind of a routine checkup and more or less was told that they're on the right path you know continued doing what they're doing um, and that hopefully he would outgrow his seizures and um, that was on a Tuesday and then it was Four days later on a Saturday morning that his mom uh, went into his, his bedroom that morning and, and found him unresponsive, and there was a mad dash to try to revive him. And he had been lost uh, to a seizure that he suffered during his sleep, um, and it was just a shock, a total shock, um, just the. The pain and the hurt that they, they went through uh, is something that I'll never forget, and, and we still feel today. Um, but out of out of that terrible loss came the Danny Did Foundation, and, and Dan was kind enough to be one of our founding board members uh, when we started back in 2010. And now we are still going, you know, 14 years later, and, and really what we're focused on is trying to help people, uh, kids and adults who cope with epilepsy, um, and just giving them practical resources and support and like Dan mentioned, we we focus specifically on technologies and epilepsy that can help to alert somebody when a seizure takes place. So, you know, if if the if the scenario is like my nephew Danny, where the seizures happen during sleep, that's a really vulnerable and scary time, um, especially for for parents and caregivers that are you know struggling to sleep because of the anxiety that they're going to miss a seizure, and God forbid, you know, something um, that you know it's a very serious seizure. So. We tell people about what's out there in the marketplace as far as these um, alerting devices, and if they don't have the funds to, to access one, we serve as a, a gap to a, – a bridge to that that, that, that gap. Um and we've helped families now in all 50 states and 17 countries. So that's that's wow. kind of what we're meant to to do is is carry on Danny's you know legacy in the in the world and and be this resource for for other
2: families. It's been there and there. What uh, you know, people listening, and and um, what I appreciate is that it's very very uh, targeted. Uh, on what the Danny Did Foundation does is you know, I so many you know, I haven't really. I think we've talked about somewhat on the air before patty as someone who was, uh, was diagnosed with epilepsy when i was 14 who had grand mal seizures well, the doctor never there was never any kind of communication with my mom and dad about you know that if if you know if danny i was referred to as danny um when i was a child if danny has a seizure he, he could die right and nobody ever said that and one of the things that you know unfortunately what the the stans went through is just absolutely horrible uh, as uh Tommy, as Tom pointed out, but the point is, is that and as a consequence, there's more doctors than ever that actually have that conversation. It's a tough conversation to have with families and saying, you know, if your child does have a seizure, uh, he or she could could die. So here's the kind of precautions that you need to put in place. And so again, I can't emphasize enough the work that they're doing because this technology that's available. It keeps on getting better and better and better. And so can you imagine, too, from a, from a perspective as a family, you know, what, a, what a level of comfort that would be to know if your child having a seizure. And also for many moms and dads who are out there who aren't able to sleep because they're so worried about their kids and what's going to happen with them. Uh, and, you know, we've talked that so much about uh, you and your family, you know, with Declan and all the challenges there and, you know, how difficult that is, just being, you know, being, a, being, a, being a parent and a caregiver. Right? And, and having to do that. So the work that Tom, uh, and his team are doing and the board has just been, um, you know, absolutely fantastic, sure. you know.
1: And how can uh, how can folks get involved and learn more? Because I know that there are folks who are possibly new to the diagnosis, or you know, as you mentioned, uh, even though we have come a long way, and I, I've worked with a lot of families who have uh, gone through the entire system, have looked for specialists, have tried to find answers and treatments, uh, whether it's through diet or medications and all different uh, surgery, all all the different paths. I mean, it's it's so overwhelming. I, my niece was diagnosed; we started having seizures when she was two years old, and uh, and just a lifetime of trying to. Find find the right thing that works for you. So how can people learn more with Danny Did Foundation and get involved?
5: Yeah, the easiest place is, is our website, which is dannydid.org, uh, just to learn about our story and, and the resources and information that we offer. And, and Patty, you're right. I mean, the, the spectrum within epilepsy is really wide. I mean, there's there's like 26 different syndromes uh, within epilepsy. Some of them are genetic um, some of them are really severe. Um, and then you've got kids like my nephew, Danny, who were otherwise healthy and, um, you know, lived a quote unquote normal life day to day. Um, so we're kind of trying to message to a, a wide range of, of people. But the thing that surprises a lot of people when I talk to them about our cause is how common epilepsy is, um, one in 26 people in America will develop epilepsy over the course of their lifetime. And um, it, it's really not, it doesn't have the proportionate public awareness um, when you think about how many people are affected. So we really try to spend a lot of time to, to get in front of the the public, um, you know, with, with awareness campaigns and information and talking about the risk of SUDEP, Um so, the website's a great place to start. We have events locally in Chicago, um, but uh, the, the support is, is definitely appreciated because there's a huge need.
1: I have to say, one of my favorite events was at the theater on the lake uh, a few years ago yeah. with, with the It was it was fantastic. Although I had to go in the because it was such a big room and everyone's like talking and there's like these wonderful you know t- speeches that people are giving. So I was in the back of the room. I'm like, keep it down. Let's you know. Let's, and it was it was one of the best. I would say one of the best fundraisers I have ever been to because once people realized, because they didn't know they're in the back and uh, and once yeah. you know people started participating, it was beautiful, wonderful. And what a, what a tribute to Danny to be saving so many lives. And I know it's such a tremendous cost to his family, to his loved ones, uh, to know that, you know, there's so many celebrations that go on without him and yet with him. It's sort of this very mm. touching and, and, and heartfelt experience.
2: Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. Tom, did yeah. we, Tom, Tom, you've, did you do thinking about people in the military, are we hearing from people who've suffered from traumatic brain injury who now mm-hmm. have developed epilepsy, Great who course. are seeking um, support from Danny did, they're seeking monitors uh, to better detect what's going on?
5: we have we have heard from from uh veterans um who have suffered a, a an injury during their service and and that's um you know you think about how do you develop epilepsy a lot of people think uh you know what's the cause or why does this happen and some people know and and some people like my nephew never never find out why they have seizures but the point of uh, a traumatic brain injury is, is one way that that someone could develop epilepsy and uh, it's obviously a huge population of people that um, are potentially at risk and it kind of speaks to the reality that you could develop epilepsy at any point in life so it's not something that affects only the very young or uh, the elderly it, it's something that unfortunately someone could develop at any point in life and and one reason could be through some kind of injury that you're you're talking about Dan so yeah we've helped we've helped veterans for sure and if anybody out there is listening and and has that type of uh, scenario please do reach out to us
1: excellent again the uh, the website for folks who want want to make sure in case you're just catching the tail end or didn't get a chance to write it down
5: yep it's dannydid.org um is the website and we're on uh, social media as well. And, and Patty, that was a fun night. Thank you again for being our MC uh, a few years back. That was uh, sure. not the easiest crowd, but you you did a great job to running through the crowd. keep everybody I'm like, guys, entertained. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, look,
1: there's a movie. They're showing a movie. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I, Shut up. Uh, yeah, hey. Actually, my entire, uh, the, the salon that I go to, Do or Die up in uh, Norwood Park, the entire salon was there. Yeah, yeah they're they're good, all good friends of mine. Yeah, yeah. The
2: salon is called Do or Die? <laughs> Do or Die. D- oh, D-Y-E. 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 Yeah. I was like, that's pretty grim.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was. Billy Fowler and
5: Danny yes. uh, Manick.
1: Yeah. Karen Morrow. Yeah. Great All, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So a little shout out for uh, for Do or Die up in yeah. Norwood Park where I get my hair cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So yeah. DannyDid.org, folks, if you need more information. And, Danny, uh, and uh, we'd love to talk more about Danny Did. Uh, anytime something comes up, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, you don't have to wait for just when Katowski's on the show. Just <laughs> say. Please. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. Thank you, Patty. Thank yeah. you so much. Great to talk to you, Tom. Take Do care, buddy. Thank Take you. Care. So I had everybody for you had ready for me. You too. Right. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's, bye take, bye. let's take a break here because there's something I want to talk about when we come back uh, with you, Senator. Uh, we were talking off the air a little bit about immigration, which uh, you know is being uh, swung like a bat uh, by Republicans, and we Democrats need to figure out what, where we stand and how we want to talk about it. So we'll t- let's discuss that when we come back on yeah. WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal.
0: Need to driving it home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT eight twenty.
1: Senator Dan, Dan Kotowski and I have worked on a lot of projects over the years, and, and we actually have not had a chance to talk too much in the last uh, few months about what's going on with immigration and how it's not just impacting uh, Chicagoans, people in Illinois, uh, but the people who are being sent here as a, a political basically – Toy. I mean, that that's all Abbott is doing is and he's being successful at it. He is being wildly successful in his mission of dividing Democrats, of creating tensions, of making Democrats look bad. Now we're hearing that uh, Donald Trump has told Republicans in Congress not to negotiate a deal because he doesn't want to help Trump. I mean, he doesn't want to help Biden. Like, yeah. it, this is, they're, they're pawns. Human beings, human beings. Governor Abbott has said that he can't shoot the migrants because then Biden would charge him with murder. Well, the law enforcement hopefully would charge you with murder because it would be murder. Yeah. Right. Right. So what can Democrats do? Uh where should where should we how should we have these conversations because we should all want our borders to be safe. We should want people to be safe. We want, should be want to have legal immigration. You know there's a in Iowa they're lowering the child labor laws because they have a job shortage. In Iowa, Wisconsin, Indiana, Mississippi, I mean state after state is lowering their is lowering the age for and how many hours they can work because they need labor in part because they won't
2: let migrants work. Right, right. So what do we do? Yes, and and, and just to kind of restate what you had said, though, it, what the Republicans are doing, just to you know, remind everybody, this is an insidious, long-term approach to divide and conquer. Yes, that's what they're doing. That's what that this is what they do, and this is what they do uh, um, uh, in the sense when. Uh, I don't like to say they do something well, but this is what they do and when they're committed to doing something they stick with it and they said, well, Okay, here's what we're gonna here's how we're gonna separate the Democrats. We're gonna Test out the whole sanctuary cities approach, the whole principle, and we're going to send people to these cities, in uh, cities that are basically challenged with money and resources, and um, and then there are people already who are working in the human service space and working with people who are struggling to find affordable housing, and and by the way, people from black and brown communities and people who are Latinx who are already here, right? And uh, and there's a there's a struggle now um, over money and over support and there's a struggle within the city of Chicago, within the state of Illinois, and and there's people saying the the president needs to come in and step in and help us out. And and the reality is... And I've often said this, and I remember like going door to door as when I was running for office. And this was a very, very contentious campaign. It was uh, when Tammy Duckworth was running for Congress against Peter Roskam, and they were using like yep. they were using they, they meaning uh, the other campaign was using the immigration issue as, as a bludgeon, right? right? And they were showing like pictures and videos of of you know migrants you know crossing the border, and they were showing them in hoodies, and it was it was this really you know overtly racist attempt. To uh divide and basically for her not to win it. She didn't win that first race. But the fact is, just having that response of when people I'd go to doors and in the people's house and they said, What's your feeling about Ill- illegal immigration? And I was like, Well, I'd you know I'd start to talk about it, try to talk about it in a thoughtful way. And uh and my you know, my campaign manager got rest his soul, and he said, Well, you're you're against illegal immigration. Most people here who are from other countries are against illegal illegal immigration. That's the reality. The question is: Are you in favor of immigration reform? Absolutely, right? But you're against illegal immigration. If you talk to most people who are Latinx, you know, most people from other countries, they're they're against it, and then they're quite vocal about it. And I think the 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 the, the winning argument, or in its while also being able to take care of people who are newcomers and migrants and providing services, is to say, look, we're going to do whatever we can uh, to 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 address the challenges and needs that we face with people living in poverty in our country today to make sure they get out of poverty, which, by the way, includes people who are migrants. But we're going to address that issue and we're going to secure our borders. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. I mean, there's, you know, the, throughout the course of history, that's one of the things we've done and said, we're going to make sure that people come in this country, come into this country lawfully. Right. Right. And and that's not like, I think there's a fear among Democrats to, to have that message, to communicate that message, to make it sound like they're being inhumane. The reality is, if we don't do anything, there's fewer and fewer resources for people who are living poverty in this country. There's fewer there's fewer access to uh, opportunities, and it and, and support so, services.
1: You mentioned that too because yeah. I've talked to people who provide you know care for adults with uh, developmental disabilities, and they're like we they're trying to create senior centers. I mean, you think about like a child like Declan when he gets to be 50, 60 years old, he's gonna, on top of all the existing issues that he has. You know, he's going to have possibly uh, you know all kinds of other, who knows, heart conditions or dementia, you know, the, the folks who on top of what they already have, as we age, you know, the body breaks down and now we need senior homes too. We, and we really don't have that many dedicated to, uh, you know, the population that has been struggling already, and I've talked to people who are like really, and they're afraid to say, you know, it's hard to watch money being, you know, spent the way it is to address immigration here. And we have for years been told there's nothing for our community, and yeah. and, that, and we, a lot of people talk about the black community who have have been marginalized, have been choked off from opportunity. Uh, there, you know, our community is is we just don't have the bandwidth to be like, hello, you know, we've we've been told over and over again there's not enough money for us, and and our money's being taken is actually being drawn down hours for respite and all those kinds of things it's
2: depleting. And by the way, so I think the strategy in saying that, look, you're against illegal immigration, we should address it, and we need to secure our borders. Allows you to have the conversation then, what can we do for the people who are facing struggles and they have right. immediate needs here? And that means, what are you doing for affordable housing within the city of Chicago? Right. What are you doing for um, early childhood education? What are you doing for people who have developmental challenges? And to your point, what we talked about and what we, the challenge that we had in Springfield was like, how do you, how do you ensure that people Who uh, um, have kids who are living with Down syndrome? Parents have kids who are adults with Down syndrome, who have whatever other kind of development child who are living with autism. And you know what, you know, it's like the divorce rate for people who have kids in that situation is 75 to 80%, right? And so, if you can cut checks and you can find money for an immediate pressing need, fine. You can do it for COVID, immediate pressing need. You do it for uh, the for all the newcomers here, for other. Micro- you got to find the resources and the funding for these other challenges. So, but I, my point is, you got to make you got to you got to establish the frame so you can have a conversation which leads to solving the problem. What the Republicans want to do is they want us to have a conversation in a micro level. So it's the one that's the lightning rod conversation, and that's the lightning rod conversation. So they can. Identify. There's the boogie, boogie man and woman. These are people crossing the border. They're violating all their laws. And they're taking all our jobs. Which, by the way, to the issue that you talked about, this whole uh, workforce permit issue. If we process these workforce permits more quickly, there's apparently thirty seven thousand you know migrants in the city of Chicago, and there are only nine hundred fifty four of these permits, workforce permits, have been processed. And there's all these jobs that are out there that they're willing to take, that a lot of other current Americans, you know, wouldn't take. But, like, if you did something there, you put people to work, and then what happens then is then they're eligible for CCAP, which means they're eligible for daycare, which is a program that's helped 20 million kids in the United States of America get out of poverty. So my point is you've got to have a frame which leads to a solution, you know, which leads to presenting – ideas that are going to help remedy the problem. And that's what I think is key about this.
1: All right. We have to keep having a conversation. And I think that being informed and, (laughs) Not backing down and not going, you know, and like you said, not leaning into their language, letting them run the table on all of this is what the Republicans are doing. They're framing the entire the entire narrative. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, comedian Susanna Rodriguez is going to join us. We're in studio with Senator Dan Kotowski, the CEO of Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can help them with Step Up Saturdays. Every Saturday, they've got a call to action and find out what uh, what you can do to help these kids live happy, healthy, safe lives. More after this on WCPT 820, and signals
0: driving it home with patty vasquez, patty vasquez from global conflicts to greenhouse gases the folks refusing to wear masks and politicians getting caught grabbing ass says she's driving it home with patty vasquez
1: so excited to have wonderful guests in the studio. Uh, it's always more just enjoyable to have. I, I, I love my guests that join us by phone, uh, but sometimes having them in the studio just makes everything so much better. We have been talking in the last hour with one of my one of my dear friends, uh, Senator Dan Kotowski, who is the CEO and exec. Oh, you go in there, and I'll try to do you want me to fix her camera. This is we have camera problems all the time. Hold on a second. Let me let me Senator Dan Kotowski, Why don't you introduce yourself and tell folks about Step Up Saturday while I fix uh, Susana Rodriguez's uh,
2: camera. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Dan Katowski again here. Uh, and thank you, Patty, for giving me the chance to talk about Step Up Saturday yet again. Step Up Saturday is our campaign, which offers people an opportunity uh, to get engaged in uh, certain activities in which we're going to help build better lives for kids uh, impacted by poverty, violence, and injustice. And we've gone through three Step Up Saturdays. The first was people can sign up, go on our website at kidsaboveall.org. And then we second was people can we have a winner wish list. We have all items that people can buy for our kids, everything from hats to gloves, socks, uh, coats, uh, uh, scarves. And uh, we had 26 people respond, so that was really exciting. And then uh, last week, we just basically said, hey, look, why don't you join our team? Be a part of our family. Uh, be a part of the solution. If you if you really are interested, and we have a great work culture at Kids Above All, which is really exciting, and people really enjoy the work because, you know, it's nice to be a part of something where you're committed, or where you see people are committed to a mission. It's not about, it's not about uh, you know, me, it's about we, and uh, and that's what's really exciting working there. We have a, we have a great, great war culture. There.
1: Well, I want to encourage people to follow the uh, Kids Above All organization on Instagram. And this is what I'll do too. I can give away a pair of free tickets. You send me the name of any new the new likes that you get, like now following you. Send me the name, and I'll, I can send them a message that they've won tickets to go see our show on Sunday night at the Laugh Factory. Yay. This nice. Sunday night we have a, a show at seven p.m. and Susanna Rodriguez joins us in the studio. She'll be on that show. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Along with Rena Calm is on the show with. Um, Oh, us so we, we have paul farvar uh, Dwayne kennedy oh, and wow. jerry walski will all be on that show on That's sunday i'm very excited day. about that oh, sounds like it a great is. show so follow kids above all on instagram right now and uh for any new follow any new followers anybody new followers any yes. new followers okay. who uh, who follow Dan- the uh, the cool. kids above all kids above all on instagram and you'll see many videos of senator dankatowski telling you about sip up saturdays and i uh, can enjoy uh, an evening on me at uh, laugh factory this sunday and we will take the first three callers if you want to call and join us on Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, the 28th, yeah. January 28th at the Laugh Factory, 7 p.m. The the club is at on Broadway, right by Belmont, Broadway and Belmont.
3: Mm. It's kind of a cool
1: club. Oh,
3: I love Laugh Factory. It, yeah, it's, it's a very nice club.
1: In the uh, 60s, it, so it used to be a movie theater. Oh, okay. And my parents used to go on dates uh, when they were dating in the late 60s, early 70s. They would go on That's dates no there. Way. And when I was pregnant Aww. with Griffin, yeah. I was the opening act. Cover your ears, Senator. I know you hate me saying this. I was the opening act for Puppetry of the Penis when it was called the Lakeshore Theater. <laughs> I, for three I'm and not opposed to uh, puppetry. Okay, there you go. <laughs> for three and a half months, I was the opening act. They were they were a world traveling group. And okay. so they were at the—it at, was then the Lakeshore Theater for three-and-a-half-month run. And because mm. they were charging $38 for tickets, but they only had like a 35-minute show— Okay. They had an opening act. They always have had a comic in front of them, oh, cool. and so I was the, I was their opening act here in Madison and uh, Minnesota and Milwaukee. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh
2: yeah,
1: yeah. That's how I became a headliner. Was was opening for them, and wow. then it became sort of a in between that. So I did my solo shows there. I did yeah. uh, a p- pregnant party girl from Stollies of Stirrups, and then Mama See <laughs> the Tales of a Diaper Diva there. Yeah, those so just, are just,
3: great. Thank, thank you. Well,
1: it's funny that you say that, Susanna. Oh, Maybe I have to help have people. I, I'm we're creating a new podcast. Okay. Uh, around like mom, not mom issues, but issues that moms should be at the forefront of. Like Moms Demand Action mm-hmm. is it, is it in one aim, both organizations. But with the, with the idea that like whether it's child labor or if it's immigration or gun violence, like issues mm-hmm. we need to be talking about, getting more Democrats elected. Uh, so I'm trying to think of a name for it. So so far we have um, a mother's work. Okay. Right? Momocracy, which I kind of like. Oh, mm-hmm. I like momocracy. Mm-hmm. You like momocracy? Nice. How about Mother
3: Talker? That's funny. Mother (laughs) talker. All right. So let me know if you have any ideas for our our mom-centered
1: new podcast, uh, talking to authors, uh, grassroots activists, politicians, uh, you know, leaders in communities. Yeah. Nice. I want to think about that. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so our comedy show is this Sunday. And I'll tell you, Senator Dan Katowski is a big fan of stand up comedy. Oh, good. And uh, he's. Love is. it. Yeah, he yeah. loves stand up comedy and yeah. ha- actually hosts a comedy show every year himself. Uh, not himself. I oh.
2: host it. I host, host it, it and yes. I introduce oh. the comics. Oh,
1: cool.
2: <laughs> so That's it's a great. huge
3: <laughs> lift. <laughs>
1: it's a huge lift. Huge lift. <laughs> have, you, have you done, like, fundraisers as a stand
3: up comic yet? No, not yet. Okay. I came close. I came close to doing one in Indiana. But the then they kind of already had it all set up, and they had the flyer and everything. And then it was going to be kind of like comics talking while people are eating a buffet and getting up, and <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah, and it was for a great cause, and I was really in. Uh, but then it was just too much. They already had like DJ, and um, they were going to go in motorcycle bikes and do a run, and it was like it was just. You know, they had thrown all the bells and whistles, and then they wanted to throw us in there. So, but I you got lucky. You got lucky to I not do that close. one. I'm just saying.
1: I've done one on a boat, uh, on mm-hmm. a, like one of the, the Lake Michigan. Oh. It was for a the veterans cruise. Yeah. It, was, it was Larry Reeb. I don't know if you've seen Larry. Yeah. Kevin Bozeman and me. All I know is that not, it, we had to get there at 7 in the morning because then uh, Senator Barack Obama, who was running to be president, was we all had to go through security. So mm-hmm. they asked us to get there at 7 a.m. for a 9 a.m. cruise that was also going to be like we were we pushed away from the shore and we were all trapped on this boat together. Uh, Senator Obama ended up not coming. So we got there early for nothing. And I do remember at one point, Kevin Bozeman, I think you've probably had people say this to you. Kevin Bozeman looked at me and you salt your language. He goes, Vasquez, do you ever shut up, <laughs> what? I <laughs> was like, ner- you know, like, I get nervous. I get nervous talk around yeah. people. Like, I'm like I am too. Like if there's too much you're, silence, you're sometimes like the, I'm like, yeah, I have to Deloitte say something. Lloyd Dobler
2: radio, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then so we sh- we shove off. I-, I had to go up there, and what I didn't know is that they were gonna pipe our voices to all three levels of the boat. So oh, wow. my disembodied voice is like at the top. Like, oh, <laughs> like, so like So my right, mom's wah, Mexican wah. and my dad's Irish. Like nobody cares. But then for then. Then they set up a buffet in front of me, so I'm in front of people who are like looking at me, like, "Could you? Show? I just want, I just want to get some of the sausage. Why are you talking to <laughs> oh my me right God. now?" And at one point, Kevin yeah. just gave up and gave the microphone to one of the vets. He was like, because this guy was like yelling at him and oh kept like, like walking through. Kevin's like, "Here, go ahead, you do." It's yeah. yeah, <laughs> like I'm done. hilarious. But, uh, but you host, uh, you have, you produce several shows, and you have yeah. a great show at the Hobart Theater in Indiana. Yeah,
3: I have a great, a really good, successful show now. I, it took a while to build, but it's been selling out, so that's awesome. That next one is April 6th. And then tomorrow I have one in Aurora. Oh, nice. At the Orchard Valley Golf Course. Oh, cool. And it's not outside. It's inside. It's You're a right. nice <laughs> restaurant inside. It's beautiful and they have great food. So come to that one. Um, that's, a, that's a newer one that I'm building. It's a little baby. Um, I hope we Art Theater. I feel like he's a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> he's it's doing inc- really it's well. a beautiful
1: venue. Yeah. It's really it is. Is
3: a great place. I'm very fortunate to be there. I think I came in during a real hard time of the pandemic where mm-hmm. nobody wanted to do shows and and, and luckily for me, you know, the sky, God, whatever was aligned and people came. I think people wanted to laugh. It was that time. So, yeah, I've been there for a while. And then I have uh, Chris Roach coming March 16th. So sometimes I can do a national act. So very cool. Fair. Yeah, I heard him open for Kevin James and I thought it was so funny and he's a New York based comic, so he's coming. So, so do and you, you produce the show. Yeah. You have a show yeah. that
2: you're producing, you have other kind and you and you perform as well. Yeah,
3: I perform as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So it's stage for me too and I host and do a 10 minute set and get the show going so and such a it's great good. job,
1: yeah. And, and bringing a, a great, like, eclectic group of comics together. And have you been to Hobart, Indiana? This sounds, like, so random. I had never been to, like—it's
2: a cute town. It was—it's yeah. it, funny. I haven't heard the, the, the name Hobart since my, my buddy of mine, he dated a girl from Hobart. Oh, okay. Again, like yeah. high school. She lived in the area. She sure. was from Rogers Park, and then she moved in Hobart. And he was dating her, so I haven't heard that. Oh that,
1: wow! Yeah, in a sad. long time. All right, we to say hi to our friend yeah. Chuck Snitchler,
2: who uh, follows a lot yeah. of radio
1: personalities.
2: Uh, and she was a lovely person. She <laughs> <So> was. <laughs> that's why I associate Hobart. Hobart. So good memory. Oh, good memory. It's yeah.
1: really cool because it, yeah. it's a man-made. I, I remember I I learned all about this reservoir they have like back there. It was uh, like this man-made <laughs> water for, like for a mill. It's just it's fast, it's a fascinating area. It's beautiful there. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
3: She yeah. came and spoke about the lake. And I was like, wow, this is so <laughs> impressive. Like. So, yeah, I've been looking at that lake for a while. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, sorry. And, yeah, it was really. It was cool.
1: like and, Yeah, and, like, <laughs> I'm a dork. I, I looked at and I'm like That's like Santa
3: Ana's leg. Like yeah. I have that in
1: my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was just impressive. It's, yeah, a, bu- it's, it's a beautiful cool. theater. I, it is. I, I, it's I really, really love nice. that. Yeah. Um, z- z- uh, z- Senator uh, Katowski was asking about uh, my, when I started in comedy, but uh, when did they, you you're a young comic, you're a, yeah. You're a, you're I a, started. I'm
3: um, a baby. Yeah, I started uh, during the pandemic. Weirdly enough, I went to Second City. I did acting there in 2018. And then, uh, I, I became a teacher there. I was teaching acting. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hit. We all went home and we all had to do it through Zoom. And I was very familiar with Zoom and other at- platforms. So I had it fine. I was like teaching from home, whatever. So teaching acting. And then that ended. And then I was just stir crazy. All of my friends, I noticed too during the pandemic that all my friends are introverts. They were fine. They're like we're remodeling our this, oh, and yeah. we're reorganizing our closet, <laughs> and I am like in a quarter exactly, drinking a bottle man. of water every day, going like, what is my life? You know, exactly. I haven't seen somebody with skin on them for it's days. So you know. depressing, it isn't is it? so, yeah. when well, you're a social butterfly, exactly it is the worst thing you could do to somebody. So I just was dying socially. I was like, oh my goodness, I have to do something. So I started doing like Instagram lives with a friend, just kind of talking topics and stuff, and back in my back burner always has been stand-up comedy even when i was going through acting i thought about taking a class there and but it didn't fit in my schedule and i was just kind of like, man i want to do stand-up i really want to try stand-up i really want to try stand-up and i have a friend that's a dj and i was like hey do you think that one of your bars will let me do a free comedy show and he's like of course if it's free why not so he talked to the lady and i organized a comedy show and i didn't even know i was producing somebody later on was like oh you're the producer i was like i have no clue i'm just just calling people to come perform and we're performing that's what we're doing uh so i got some people from second city that also did stand up they came and did the show and she liked it and so um she hired us for another run and then i started like learning more about like different comedians in chicago and everything so then we did another show and then you know how indiana it was kind of like Sometimes we were open, sometimes we weren't. And so it kind of shut down in December. So that kind of fizzled. But I was kind of like, man, like, where else could I do this at? And I found Hobart Art Theater, cold called them. They said yes. And I did a show there April of 2020. And it was a blast. I think it was 2020 or 2021. I well, it was And
1: theaters yeah. love us because there's no turnover for us. They don't have to worry about loading, no equipment. We're, oh, yeah. We're a, micro- we're a microphone, maybe a stool. If you got one around, we would really appreciate it.
3: And yeah. that's about it. We're not, yeah. we're,
1: we're just, we're low overhead.
3: Mm. That's true. i i he mentioned that one time. He goes, oh, this is so different than a band. Yeah. Because <laughs> a band yeah. got to be there early. There's mic checks. It's yep. like a lot of instrumentation. Yeah. So it was just a lot simpler. Lighting, similar. all of it. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like,
1: could you just point the light at me and let's go.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I've learned a lot. I, I grew up in church, so I did a lot of... I was a music coordinator at a young age there. Like, And I sang and I played the piano and the organ. So I had a lot of stage in mm. me already so that the stage doesn't worry me. Like if somebody said, you know, get up on Wrigley Build and go talk I had I would have no problem it's just the failure of, of people not laughing like, <laughs> that's what's scary you know like you want to make them laugh but yeah I, I love it I love hanging out with comics um, I've had some great interactions with people it's, it's been a good journey
1: Yeah, it's really is nice. I, I, uh, I was thinking about this because I saw a picture my husband and I are cleaning out our crawl space like all of our storage and, uh, and I found a picture of myself from the year I started doing stand-up comedy and I was just thinking well one god I mean, you know, it's funny. You look back at yourself and you're like, what was I so upset about? Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure I'll think the same thing in 30 years. Stop, Senator. <laughs> but like, what? But it's like the things that like I was so anxious about when I was 22. Exactly. You know what I mean? And uh, like how much. But I'm so proud of the career I've had and yeah. and so grateful for like, I mean, I, I did a lot of road gigs. So like in the in the 90s, what I would do is I usually I'd have a, a headliner who would bring me along and, and I would be their feature act, their opening act. And I was making maybe like I would go all the way way to Minot, North Dakota, and maybe make $150 for two nights, right? Mm. And it was rough. And I actually just found my first week of checks from Zanies oh, from wow. uh, from 1995 for nine shows. you know how much I was making for nine shows? Oh, God, this
3: is interesting.
1: $150 for an entire week. I was going to say dollars Yeah. Wow. Well, what's fascinating about that is that, so Bert Haas, wow. who used to be the manager of Zanies and had been there for a long time, he was talking to uh, John DeCoss in the hallway one day. They were talking about, the. Ho- I used to be a house MC for Zanies. I would. I worked my first year. Uh, I auditioned at Zany's in January of 1995, and the MC had not shown up that night. And, uh, and Dobie Maxwell had a comedy class there, a graduation class, and uh, I guess he and Michael Alexander were in the back of the room, and they were like, "You should really hire her." Bert hired me on the spot for the rest of the week. It was really the right place at the right time. And uh, but anyway, Bert and John DeCaz were talking about how uh, they had these house MCs. There were four of us: John, uh, John DeCaz, Vince Moranto, Dobie Maxwell, and me. And there might A couple people that rotated in, but uh, that he and Rick Hewitt, the former owner of Zanies, had decided that a working wage for an MC as a house MC. I I was so angry when I found this out. I'm like, we're terrible at asking for raises. They had decided Mm that $250 was a a good wage for nine shows. (laughs) And I said, then why were you paying me $150? I, I was at a headliner at this point, and I I um, found out that the comics that had started after me were making. I, w- I started asking comics. You you almost have to start like I told you how much I make at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, I'm very yeah. I'm very upfront about how much I'm. I i will not tell people on the air. <clears throat> they don't need to know. I went to the Improv in Cleveland. Joe mm-hmm. uh, Joe Lindley told me he's like, oh, you're gonna love it. The feature acts. Fe- feature acts. This is again in the '90s. They make seven hundred bucks. I get there five hundred dollars. And part <clears throat> of it was because as a comic, I was just always grateful to be working. I was terrible at asking how much I was I was just like oh I get to work next week as a comic yeah, yeah. so I, I was really angry but it ended up being 175 was what they paid me after a while as a house MC. yeah it was terrible
2: did you always feel like that God. you couldn't do it because there was there would be somebody else who could take your space real quickly
0: yeah, I mean, like there yeah. were there were so I'm many sure. comics. I mean,
1: it's probably as dense now as it was then. In the '90s, there were almost 20 different clubs in the city. I mean, not not like open mics, not like showcases, like three person shows. There was like the like the, well, the comedy room was kind of a showcase, but like catch a rising star. Uh, there was there was an improv on Wells. There was an improv in Chicago. There was the Funny Firm, which became the Fallout. I mean, there were dozens of clubs in the area, and so the How competition. Many are left right now? Uh, let's see: Zany's Laugh Factory, Improv, uh, CG's Out in Bowling Brook, uh, aren't. I mean, like those are the like nice rooms. I would say, mm-hmm. and the rest of it are like you know some of the like um, the pizza place has a, a comedy night too. Uh, the there's a pizza joint that used to be uh, uh, what's that uh, the old Michael Jordan restaurant. You know the building, over, over by Air on West. Overbyte
2: Air? Overbite Air. <laughs> when you said the pizza joint. The pizza I mean, joint. Yeah, pizza joint.
1: I can't remember the name of it, but they've got a comedy room that's pretty decent. Uh, are they still doing up uh, Stand Up Chicago at uh, Second City? Yeah, yeah. I do see shows. Because that was not here. here. That yeah. was not a thing until about 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. There was not That was not a club.
2: Or you're doing stand up at Second City?
1: No. You studied I at Second, studied City. Second I City. City. I did. I did. Yeah. I did yeah.
3: improv there, and I, I went through the whole acting program. Yeah, I fun. really like acting too. I mean, but are you are you with an with...
1: agent in Chicago? No,
3: no, Why I'm not. You, have
1: you have you submitted? Somebody grab me. <laughs> no, you have to submit. No, I we have to talk to you about in a this. Long time. There's there's yeah. just there's such a wide range of work available now, and, and they love comedians. Like, uh, yeah, it's so funny. I'm like, do you know? I'm like, there's just no. I mean, there's such. Jimmy, uh, Joey Via Gomez and I were talking about this mm-hmm. before because, uh, like, the people like. People just don't realize the career some of us have had. Just because we're not famous doesn't mean we haven't been successful. And I try Mm. to be very patient with people (laughs) who are, like, like dismissive. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right. Duly noted. <laughs> it's not like politics. I don't got to be friends with everybody. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I don't. But uh, but it, it, you know, Joey and I were talking about how I mean, like once you get to a certain point, it is. That's why I wanted to go to the Laugh Factory was be around comics again, yeah. and younger comics, and see how if there was anything I'd do to help or uh, again give people longer uh, stage time. But yeah. uh, but we're not. I'm not. We're you know, I we can get we can do corporate work. We can do other things like the, and like being clean is not easy. You know, I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've noticed that, but like a lot of a lot of comics, like lean on being dirty. I and mean, We've had this problem when we do fundraisers. Uh, you know, it's just it can be difficult. You know, yeah. it's just a different style. Yeah, I have hours of material that I can tap into, but I do this stuff sometimes over and over again just to make sure I
3: don't go off page. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. It'd be hard, like a mental note, like don't be dirty, don't be dirty. Yeah. <laughs> don't
1: no, pass. I. Yeah, I don't. No, no, I, <clears> I, I don't have that. Not as much. I mean, because I I talk for two hours a day without doing it. Um, But yeah, Yeah. it's I have I have what I call a third show Saturday, which means it's dirty because junk people don't pay attention. (laughs) And I can do church basements. That, that's my that's range. Good, of, it's good first Yeah, society. for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's good to be able to do that. Yeah, be I, I rec- ready,
1: highly so. recommend it. It's there's more money in it. <laughs> unless unless yeah. you get famous.
2: Patty's very reliably clean for our event that we have for kids. Above all, and mm-hmm. she's brought a couple other comedians and 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 just for a brief moment, my life flashed before <laughs> my eyes. <laughs> Uh-oh.
1: Because well, here's Because it's, yeah. it's a charity, and, and it's not that just you. Kids. It happens. Yeah. It's the audience, but it's not just your organization. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. and and I I. I it, it, I have to make sure, and I almost always think I know that the, the comics on book will be aware of that, but I've done gigs where, like, the, I'm like, really? You thought that was appropriate? And like, seriously? <laughs> exactly. Like, even, like, talking about a prostate exam, like, I mean, I know that I do the, the stirrups, you know, but usually, like, there's more women involved and yeah, it's, a, yeah, a, it's yeah, something sure. to identify. But, like, guys will get graphic about their prostate exam, and I'm like, what is happening? Are yeah. we, what are we raising money for again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. yeah no, this yeah. is too much. Let's say a quick break break here, and we'll continue our conversation when we come back. We're hanging out with Susana Rodriguez, who will be performing on Sunday at the Laugh Factory. Our show is at 7 o'clock. You can go to LaughFactory.com for more information. She also has a show
3: tomorrow in Aurora. Where yes. can people get tickets for this event? Um, Eventbrite, just yep. to put, plug in Chicagoland Comedy on the Course. Chicago Comedy on the Course. Yeah.
1: And go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can step up on Saturdays and every day to help kids live, live happy, healthy, safe lives. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. And hi! To our friends listening in Minneapolis-St. Paul on KTNF 950 a.m.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: Uh, before we take another break and uh, do a weather update, I have in studio with us uh, Senator Dan Kotowski and Susanna Rodriguez, and I, I just told them that I, I'd like to do a little update for folks because uh, Lady B, our producer here at WCPT, who everyone knows and loves, sent me an update today, and she asked me to, uh, to share that with you. So uh, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar, Lady B was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was uh, stage three, and they have done a lot of work. Uh, she's, uh, she does not have to have chemo. She did have to have a unilateral mastectomy. Um, And so uh, she had some infection uh, a little while, while back, so she did not come um, return here as uh, as as she had hoped, and so um, has recovered from those infections, uh, was healing, and they scheduled her for reconstructive surgery so that she can um, continue uh, and feel uh, herself, as one of the ways she put it to me. So I, I want to read to you um, what she uh, messaged me. She said, "Good morning. I went to the doctor yesterday. I'm healing well. It looks good on the right breast. I had a reduction." And the doctor cut a a piece of fibro fatty tissue by the areola and sent it to the pathologist, and the result is benign. I'm cancer-free. Dr. Burke did remove uh, my drainage. I'm still in pain, but I'm relieved. And all the ladies in the office, the uh, Nurse Jessica, Nurse Karina, Kim, and the receptionist Corbin were all happy for me. I go back in two weeks to make sure everything is still healing. Please, please tell everyone I'm doing well, especially to the listeners, testers, and callers. I miss them so much and thank them all for the well wishes. Uh, We love you so much, Lady B. Thank you so much for the update and, for, and asking me. I I never really share more because I don't know if I'm supposed to, uh, but she wanted to make sure I did share that all with you. So thank you, Lady B. We love you so much. We miss you. I know the callers, they like Alejandro. It's not any offense to you, Alejandro. It's uh, it's Lady B's, uh, uh, you know, such a big part of their lives. Uh, this is such an intimate forum. That's why, you know, you connect with people, uh, and I want to make sure that you know that our family is doing well. So thank you, Lady B, for that. We'll continue our conversation when we come back on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal, and KTN. Minneapolis, St. Paul.
3: I'm
6: Kirk
5: Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time.
1: Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink Responsibly.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Baskets on WCPT 820.
1: We are in studio with my friends, Susana Rodriguez. She's a comedian, uh, actress, and a comedy producer. She she'll be performing on Sunday at the Laugh Factory, seven p.m. show. And tomorrow she has a show she's producing in Aurora at the Orchard Valley Golf Course. Orchard Valley Golf Course in yeah. Aurora, excellent. Yeah. There's a restaurant inside, really pretty. I, yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like there's some great golf courses that have wonderful yeah. venues. Like over here, what's that one in Niles on Howard Street? It's a really. It's like the Howard Street Damn. Inn.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's it's a great. joint. Yeah, the well, yeah, well, Howard Street is great. It's oh my uh, god! It's actually run by a guy, another former Rambler, Jeremy Nisselly. Is the guy who uh, that's Hi. his place. Hey, yeah, Jerry. Howard Street.
1: You think he would want to be a sponsor because I love that place. Oh, it's a great place. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Are you friends with him? Make a connection from I lo- so I, I I was hiking all last year. You know, after my son was in the hospital for uh, for eight weeks, I was just trying to find things to like relieve stress. So I started going hiking in the forest preserves. Cool. So I hiked from here and I went all the way to Howard's here. I'm like, what's this place? And I went in, and I, it became my destination for
2: hiking in the woods. Yeah, there's a group of us, yeah. a bunch of hackers, who play golf. Uh- yeah, during the week in the summer. And then we go eat at the Howard Street It's inn so good. That oh, my God. It's really good.
1: That steak sandwich is, is
2: so good. Yeah. I'm hungry.
3: What's it
1: called? Howard Street Inn.
2: Oh, the Howard Street Inn. Yeah, okay. it aptly named because it's on Howard Howard Street, right. and it's adjacent to a golf a so, course. So, is it an inn? It's also? on a street. It's on Howard. Oh, there are no rooms left at that oh, end now. But it was,
3: okay, how do you
1: get away
2: with calling no something in an inn that doesn't have any rooms?
1: Well, I don't know. That's what they like. Well, here, what is you know Abraham Lincoln when he was living in uh, there the you New go. Salem? <laughs> There you go. Mrs.
2: Clavin. Let's
1: go back. Let's take it back. You know, he ran it in. It was I'm sorry. Anyway, because they used to call like places where you go grab a drink and in as well. Usually you were able um, to sleep there on top of it. But anyway, yeah. but there, I don't think there was any booze at that one. And anyway. Uh, I'm trying to remember Well booze at which one? At the Abraham Lincoln one? Abraham Lincoln one in, in New Salem. <laughs> you know they you know that, that, that yeah. like frontier town that they rebuilt where he originally lived before he moved to Springfield. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway. Yes. I loved walking uh, through the, the neighborhood that was in Springfield when I was down there. His two blocks. Oh, yeah. It's it amazing. Very, um, I found it very uh, peaceful and comforting. It got me away from the, the madness of being in Springfield. We, While you were in Springfield, do you remember, yeah. remember the history? Yeah. And it, it keeps you humble. Well,
3: Cause, uh
1: after Trump was... Have you been to Springfield, Illinois? Have you been to Indiana's no. state capitol, which is... Where is it? Is is it, it is in Indianapolis. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah
3: I've been to Indianapolis several times. You've been but to the state capitol. No.
1: have you been to the capitol, though.
3: <laughs> <No>. You've <laughs> never been to your capitol building? No, I've never like walked into the capitol building. I've been to the D.C. capitol building. Isn't but, that
1: uh, cool, too? Yeah, it's very yeah. cool. Oh, my God, it's amazing. A, yeah. It's beautiful. It's really cool. Well, when Trump won, I uh, I was going back and forth to Springfield for the the, the budget impasse under Governor Rauner. Governor Rauner was our first taste in Illinois of a billionaire who people thought, well, if he's rich, he must know what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. Aww. But I was I was going to the museum. I went to the Abraham uh, Lincoln uh, Presidential Museum, which is amazing. So I highly recommend it. It's okay. only two and a half hours from Chicago. Yeah. You can take Amtrak. It drops you off a couple blocks from the, the, the Capitol building Correct. from the museums. But I was thinking about, you know, you, we think of Abraham Lincoln as being this revered president. And uh, even then I didn't realize we would have people who were like rewriting history and saying that, well, Lincoln, all he had to do was negotiate. Trump has been saying that, like, I would have negotiated slavery. Like, it's the most ridiculous thing. But there's this hallway, because we think of him again as being just beloved and, mm-hmm. you know, this, this brilliant mind and, and he had his heart in the right place and did all the right things. And there's these holograms and you hear all these people yelling these, all the things that were written about him. And then you hear them and you're like, well, I mean, he was really, obviously, we had half the country that hated him that was in the South and like part of the Confederate but a lot of Northerners who didn't want to have anything to do with this war. So it was it mm. was very grounding for me to go. Yeah, through. they had
2: him depicted and how he was drawn in newspapers. Yeah. Uh, they had depicted him because he was advocating for uh – uh, for, for people who are black to be, uh, free and independent. They drew him as if he were a black person. Mm-hmm. And the room is very distorted when you walk in there. Like you said, the voices, but also when you walk in, it's, uh, y- you feel like you're in a room yes. that is completely, Chaos. you know, constructed in, in a way that's, that it could potentially fall down. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, it's an interesting, um, perspective because I think, Right now, when people look and, and look at history, it's weird. I don't know if you have the same feeling, Susanna and, and, and um, Patty, that it's like, who, whose perspective can you trust? Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and like, and then you look at history, like, well, wait a second. Yeah. You know, Lincoln, it wasn't you're very cut and dry in terms of him with nope. with slavery. And, you know, it ended up being a negotiation. And if somebody figured out, but he wasn't, you know, coming at it, at it, like it wasn't something he decided to do right away. It took some time for him to do it. In the same time, the mm-hmm. same way, it took uh, some time for uh, Johnson to move as it related to civil rights and the the Voting Rights Act, right? And so,
1: for Barack Obama to move on gay marriage because he was not necessarily all supportive of gay marriage no. until he was president. It, it was mm-hmm. during his presidency. I remember this because this is one of my most surreal moments. I was in the car with Griffin. He was, I think, he was seven when Barack Obama came. Out, said he supported gay marriage, mm-hmm. and Griffin was in the back seat, and he goes, and he just learned not too long before that that. that same-sex couples even existed. It was just something that just never came up. Mm-hmm. And so Griffin goes, "Mommy," and I had a Bluetooth in my ear. He goes, "Mommy, why, why did he have to say he supports it?" And I pulled my Bluetooth mm-hmm. out and I threw it in my cup holder and I explained to Griffin that, uh, that that you know sometimes there are people who hate uh, people who live differently that go against what their traditions are, what their beliefs are, all these things. Mm-hmm. And and I was telling him that, but I and I said, "I believe," as the president's talking about that when you love somebody, that that's love, yes. and mm-hmm. no one should get in the way of that. When I got home. Uh, my agent had been trying to call me and uh, he kept leaving messages for me and, and finally called Todd back and he was crying because as I was pulling my Bluetooth out he was trying to call me so he, he goes I honestly God I didn't mean to be eavesdropping he goes but I just want to tell you as a gay boy whose family did not accept him and do not mm-hmm. accept him thank you so much for the mom you are to your son oh. and that's one of those things where yeah. I just I'll never and, and like and, and I was telling you that you need to get with an agency so I, let's figure out a way to introduce you to the folks at Stuart Talent because okay. uh, they're wonderful Todd uh, Terrell Todd Serena and yeah. Sam Samuelson. I don't, do not you know Sam Samuelson? Mm. I feel like you'd be in the same circle of, of friends. I like his name, though. Sam Samuelson? Yeah. It's, a good, name. it's, it's a, like a, a good name. It's a good name. And they were so supportive during the the sag after strike. They actually, I didn't, I don't know of any other, like, I used to be with Shirley Hamilton. I did not see Laurie Hamilton out there on the strike, on the picket lines mm-hmm. with us. But Stuart Talent was out there wow. uh, fighting with us, which I was really impressed by. And I was telling uh, Senator Katowski and uh, Susanna that um, that uh, their actors today are a little bit angry. There's a lot we're Angry about uh, AI is one of those things that we were saying for years now that it's a danger, and now you see with uh, yeah. with campaigning that they're using. They had Biden robocalling with a. They used AI to tell people, "Don't
3: bother going to vote." Oh right. my God! Uh, Did you hear Taylor Swift? No. Yeah, just today came, they came out with all these nude pictures of her in illicit, like sexual no. positions, and it's all AI. And it's a website that put it all up. Wow. So, and this is what we,
1: and, th- and, and hopefully it. she
3: can sue or, I don't yeah. know, she's and, crazy.
1: And there were members of SAG-AFTRA that went to DC and they said, look, and they played them audio of the politicians they met with, with oh. their voices, all AI generated last year. So They're like, this is what's going to happen next. And Super here we scary. are. And then the other thing was, uh, there were studios and streaming services that said that they didn't have the money to pay more. They were like, you know, this is our, this is our, our, our best and final deal. Uh, we don't have more to give you. And they just signed a $5 billion deal with... With Netflix, with uh, the WWE to have wrestling, which is performative. It's per- I, don't, I, I I don't know if those folks are in SAG-AFTRA. I, I think that yeah. they should be. Um, and how because, much of
3: that money is going to the actual wrestler? That's what you well, kind of yeah, wonder. Correct. There's that.
1: <laughs> exactly. Know? Those contracts. And this is going to be a big year for labor. I am so proud. I, I have. I mean, I've been a member since uh, 2000, and I've never been more proud to be part of a union uh, and to stand with other unions. Uh, I, I think that the, that the pandemic, as you were talking about, like things that some people who were introverts or like wanted to fix their house, I mean, mm-hmm. the Home Depot and uh, and all those places, low it made a killing because people were renovating, and then there were people who found like their what they wanted to do in life, whether it was writing or performing or uh, napping. I like napping a lot. Maybe experimenting with edibles. I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you said it's part of the negotiation. It's right? part of the negotiation. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I think the other thing was people realized that you know there were there were other ways to do their jobs. And, and that has had an incredible impact. And younger people, you know, they make fun of young people about, like, you know, they're struggling. I mean, the amount of money that you need to make in order to pay all your bills, it is not matching up to what you and I were able to do on 150, hosting nine shows at Zany's, which I also had to bartend. And, and I was doing data entry as a temp worker. Uh, it's how are kids supposed to – how are our kids – you and I have sons that are almost the same age. Yeah. I'm nervous. For yeah. them, yeah, and I don't think we should be shaming anybody who needs to keep living with their mom. Because I, I, will build a kitchen in my, we, right?
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: right before I got married, uh, my uh, I went to see my father. I said, uh, I need to move home, and we grew up in, you know, five kids in our family, and he said, Oh, move home, move home, yeah, oh, you because know, it's allowed me to save money. And, uh, of course, my my negotiation with my father was much easier than with my mother because my mother was like, wait a second, you're coming home.
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh,
2: Wait. I love you, Mom, if you're listening. Uh, But the point was uh, I was able to stay – I was able to move home, save enough money, and then to buy – a co-op in Evanston. Like, I like these apartments, part of a co-op.
3: Because
2: okay. I was able to be at home and save that money. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and, and that's why I think if people are staying at home to do that, they should be able to. It's, the fact is, it's going to take that much longer to have that kind of money. Yep. In order to pay off loans and, and be able to put money down in order to buy. A place they're going to live in for a long period of time. Yeah, you know. I, so,
1: and you you also have because I, I met some of your coworkers. I think you have a, a day job. They love you. I don't know if you. I, I need you to make sure that you know how much they love working yeah, with you. You know
3: what? That was th- those were my coworkers at University of Chicago. I worked there for a, a stint of time at okay. an OBGYN. I was an administrative assistant for an OBGYN gyn Were clinic. you really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, have it, we talked? We haven't talked about this. No, no, it was great because I learned so much about the female body because, like, I grew up Baptist where we didn't talk about anything. Oh. Oh, you know so what I mean? Like when I got talked about menstrual cycles, it was very vague. It was just like, you're going to be a woman and there's yeah. going to be bleeding every month. And I had no clue it had anything to do with like I wasn't pregnant and that was what was happening. I had no clue. So it was great to work there mm-hmm. and learn a lot as huh. I took calls and, and stuff. So, yeah, it was an interesting job. And, um, yeah, so Roe is from that job and those coworkers. Your friends, so, yeah, they were yeah. great. They were wonderful yeah, to meet them. Yeah, real sweet people. I miss that. Uh, I miss that office it was really nice and then now I work from home but we all like message through right. link and stuff but yeah. Really Do nice you use any
2: material person. from that from your show?
3: Yeah you know what I had a whole bit and I kind of threw it away and I need to probably bring it, bring it back or redo it because um when I was at that job I had a phone call <laughs> I don't know how explicit I can be but this lady called and said she had stuck a cucumber <laughs> Okay, up there uh-huh. you know what I mean uh-huh. I won't say where but up there and she couldn't get it out Oh, she didn't hold on to part of it? no no and i guess she you didn't gotta, use you got you any kind of lubricant she just uh, went in for the kill uh, 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 and you gotta, you gotta, i was you gotta just maintain contact, again, ladies you gotta maintain contact you know i was like barely just out of virginhood and i was like what who's sticking a cucumber up there you know vagina like what That's who does hysterical. that hysterical why wow so uh yeah so she had to come into the office and uh That day, because she had done it. Was she carried in or did she walk in? (laughs) Yeah, it would be weird. (laughs) That is, wow. (laughs) I don't know. I was like, "Can you do some squats?" I don't know. I yeah, well, it's it hard off.
1: once you because well, once you start panicking, it's hard to relax, and
3: that's, that's a big part of retrieval. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. I'm surprised she <laughs> didn't go to the ER like in the middle of the night. I mean, like yeah. you had this cucumber all, and yeah. I don't know yeah, what yeah. time it happened.
1: I just, I just would not want to have a salad at her house afterwards. Is
2: saying. <laughs> 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 at least not yeah. with cucumbers. No that was cucumbers. Was not for the vegetables. Vegetables. For the do you have questions? Do you have <laughs> just want to keep going. I I think i was gonna go there do you have any good <laughs> material you
1: know
3: anytime no, so here's the
1: cool thing for all of us like you know it's whatever individual experiences we have but if you ask somebody who works in an emergency room or in an a obgyn's <laughs> office that's like that. gonna be something that's got stuck oh somewhere. yeah i heard yeah. some crazy
3: stuff yeah. i heard some real crazy stuff people calling in this one lady called in she had had an affair and she got pregnant and she wanted to get an abortion and but she was worried about the insurance going to her husband. And I said, "Well, actually, we have a clinic here where you could pay cash." Okay, because you know, we had like a a clinic that was for uh, like a little bit more affordable for people right that couldn't afford and didn't have insurance. So she goes, "Oh, really?" I go, "Yeah." I'm like, "If you want to come in for that." But it was crazy. She was so stressed out. She's like, "I know, I shouldn't have done it, but like now I'm in this problem." See, and-,
1: like, and this is interesting. Like, not that we intended to talk about abortion, but like people talk about it as as birth control. It it is, it is not, it is life management. You know what I mean? Like she's managed and and like... yeah. I know it's a complicated conversation for people, but but that's somebody we don't know if like maybe her husband was going to beat her if he found out or leave her, and, and now she's you know
3: uh, yeah what situation she's in yeah right exactly yeah. like all the ins and outs of that and yeah I, yeah growing up in church too like um like w- w- we when I was in high school we had a debate class we had like a government class and um we had to debate issues and one was abortion and I and I had the side of like you could never have an abortion ever ever and then somebody had a side of like well there's circumstances you know. And it's so funny because like, when you're 15, you don't know better and you just know what you've heard your whole life. Sure. You know what I mean? But then when you get out in the real world, you know, like, you, know you start talking to people and the predicaments that they were in, you mm-hmm. know, and, and people that I love. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, you know, it, I, I, I do believe that a woman should have the right to do that if, if she needs to because you just don't know. Like, what if you are with an abusive boyfriend and you get pregnant and you know that tying that baby with him your whole entire life, you're going to have to deal with this guy. Like, maybe you had a wake-up moment and you're like, okay, I'm done with this guy, you know? But now you have this situation. It's just...
1: Yeah. There, there's some horrific uh, stories coming out of so many parts of the country and then the, it's 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 just mind blowing how bad it's gotten. Um, I, I know that you are you both are familiar with music. Uh, you know that I have a, an appalling lack of musical knowledge. Senator Kotowski?
2: well, just knowing who actually sings, sings the song—I yeah, have no idea. Uh, you still
1: like music? I love music. Yeah. I just have—I just don't know anything about it. Yeah. I mean, I, so usually it's got to be like uh, female rockers from the '80s, okay? Like uh, Pat Benatar, Blondie. <laughs> I was just going to say Pat <laughs> it's so funny. my friend, love a battlefield. Okay, no, I so I, I don't know—I don't know who Roosevelt's calling about, but I oh, okay. so I, Roosevelt's calling about the passing of someone. Roosevelt, what's on your mind? You're on with Senator Dan Kotowski and Susanna Rodriguez, and I'm Patty. What's on your mind?
6: Hello, everybody. Hello. Hey. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to call in to report sadly that one of my female heroes from my grammar school days, high school days, early 70s, 1970 to be precise, Melanie died today at the age of 76. I'm sure you guys have heard the song A Brand New Key, but I recommend the live version of lay down that's she wrote the song performed the song live in 1970 in Europe i think it was holland you got to see it little lady with the big voice look alike
1: Woodstock singer, singer Melanie Safka has died. Brand new key. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a lot of looks from uh, from both the, the senator and Susanna that they're not familiar with with Melanie. Oh, yeah. But have to uh,
2: play it. She's a folk play singer.
1: I don't know if I can. I think that we because we don't have the rights to it, so we get in trouble for. Like, oh, oh do you? Yeah, it's, it's not where I used to work. We got oh. we got different finances okay. over here. Yeah, I got you. I'm very sorry to hear about that. It it's sounds bad like news. That's very sad news. <laughs> yeah.
6: Well, I recommend you guys look look up the. It's uh, a black and white. Can he sing
1: it? 70. We're, we're going to ask you to sing a couple of Can you a sing a lines? couple of parts? <laughs> Oh, no,
6: there's no way. Come on, just <laughs> there's no try I, I, There's no way. I'm not a, a singer, but you got to see that.
2: Uh, well, how Melanie. about I, I could say a brand new world? You could do a brand new key. i like, a brand new world. There you go. Uh, you do a brand new key. Yeah, but. That's not the song,
6: though. No. <laughs> I know. And that's why I'm asking you to do it. He
1: say he sings poorly. Why don't you?
6: Exactly.
0: Yeah,
6: let's have some oh. karaoke up in here. I believe the Counting Crows did a rendition of it, too. Oh, they um, did. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. And there was a male group from the uh, mid-'80s. 80s.
3: She. Uh, you guys, her, gotta see that
1: video. Her song "Brand New Key" was featured in the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie "Boogie Nights." Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout the years, her music has been recorded by Nina Simone, Ray Charles, Miley Cyrus, and Morrissey. Oh wow! Oh, so she's, she's been she's been working for it. Thank you so much for that, Roosevelt. Interesting. Someone, Thank you, someone guys. for us to look up. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry you can't play it, but. I know. I, don't, I think, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they would. Play, they, play they it on the they, way they won't, home. Thank, then, you thank you, Thank you, because then they won't put my this show on sound on SoundCloud. Let's take a break yeah. here while Senator Kotowski listens to some Melanie. More on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal, and KTNF, Minneapolis, St. Paul.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Baskin on WCPT 820.
1: We. We are in studio with Senator Dan Kotowski. He is the CEO of Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and join their Step Up Saturdays. Uh, in, follow their Instagram account. Follow their Instagram account. All, uh, Kids Above All. Kids
2: Above All on Instagram. New followers are going to get what? Panic? They're going to get, get free
1: tickets to come see me, Susana Rodriguez, Paul Farvar, Dwayne Kennedy. This is Susana Rodriguez? This is Susana oh, Rodriguez. Oh my God. Marina yeah, Nicole and Jerry Walski <laughs> at the Laugh Factory 773-763-9278. Uh, if you want a pair of tickets, give us a call right now and you you can join us at the Laugh Factory this Sunday. It's on Broadway near Belmont, over by there. It's a, it's a great comedy club. So, that's a, so go to Kids Above All. Follow their Instagram account for your chance to win. Uh, we will win. You'll get a pair of tickets to come see us uh, on oh, Saturday, on Sunday, Sunday night, January 28th. Susanna Rodriguez joins us in the studio. She's a comedian, a producer. She'll be with me on Sunday at the Laugh Factory. She also has uh, comedy tomorrow night in Aurora
3: at Orchard Valley Golf Course. Orchard it's, Valley Golf Course. Yeah, it's on Illinois Street. L. It's L. a Street very beautiful venue, very good food, very good wine. Nice. Yeah. I, was, I like that when there's dinner involved. Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: It's yeah. always
1: helpful. It's Senator, always beautiful. you and I have, uh, have we actually met at a comedy show.
2: We did. Um, who are some of your favorites in comedy? Yeah. Well, there's this woman named Patty Voskas. Thank you. Patty Voskas. Uh, and a great one I just met named Susanna, who's just there you go. Cra- incredible. Well, well played, well played. Um, yeah. You know, I I I just it, it ranges it depends. I I really like um I really like Bill Burr.
1: Oh yeah. Yes.
2: I really like him.
1: And he takes things head on and he he, he, he splits it both ways with uh, with conservative yeah. and liberal if he
2: does politics at he all. He does. There's no sacred cows with him, you no, know, I like uh, that. which I, I like. Agree. And I and I and I um I don't know. I I mean, you go back like I go back in time, and I'll go back and and I'll watch. I think Foster Brooks was an incredible. Oh my comedian, god, so good! You know, and I think so um, good. And I think uh, I loved Bob Newhart as a comedian. I liked a lot of old school, and then I. Um, but then currently, um, uh, I'm just why am I blanking on his name right now? I, I think he's 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 pretty Nate Bargatze. Bar- oh, um, Nate, Nate Bargatze, I really Bargazzi. like him he's a lot. He's so good. Yeah, he's really really good. And I also like um I used to like Jim Gaffigan a lot more, but now I like him more than before. He was going through that whole period, you know when you have kids, you don't necessarily have people doing jokes about kids for some reason. I like wanted to right, do right, sort sure. of the fantasy. Mm-hmm. So he's uh he's solid and uh um but yeah, those are those are firmware comedians. And and I could, like Chappelle, I like to check him out too. Yeah. He's tough. He's tough. He's good. But yeah, I did like I think the comedy really saved me during uh uh, during the um, during the COVID, I just would watch comedy sure. kind of nonstop, and just because yeah. uh, it was just enjoyable. And I think comedy right now, just like I think it's a place where people can be, you know, safe, and they can uh, express opinions and sort of test things out. and And I think uh, it is like really like the last place I would say in America where people can really be as openly creative about certain things and sort of test it. Right. You know, where other people say, no, you can't touch that, you know? And so I, I don't know. That's kind I of, agree. I like know, that. Yeah. How,
3: how, what Good were stuff. some of your favorites right now? I'm on a Jessica and I, I hope I say her a Kirsten, Oh, she's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. She's got this special on YouTube. That is all, it's, it's all crowd Kirsten. work. Yeah. Oh, I watched it last night. I could not stop laughing. I mean, she's brilliant with crowd work. Um, so right now I've been watching her a lot. Um, but I really like Bill Burr. I think he's a brilliant writer. I went to see him in Milwaukee um, recently. And uh, he uh, in his show, it is like on another level. Like, yes, I don't <laughs> mean, his Netflix special versus his show is like, I'm just kind of like, oh, my God, he just said that. You know, it was just really pushing the envelope. Did you struggle at I all with that. like the
2: whole thing about uh, <clears throat> he was doing this whole thing bit on mushrooms where I was just like, I only asked her, I was like, most people in the audience, I don't think, were people who did mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And when you're telling a story about being on drugs, it was just like, eh, you know, <laughs> where, he, where he kind of yeah. found out, uh, uh, oh, my God, he found out that uh, Norm McDonald died, right? And oh, he got yeah. that. He told that whole story about that. And I love it when he's sort of equal. And I felt like he was particularly hard on women, the last show I saw. Him, okay. And he wasn't as yeah. hard enough on men uh-huh. as he should have been.
3: Yeah. You that, know what I mean? Yeah. He yeah. does kind of veer that way. And I think it was like at the yeah, beginning, he does a like. Bit. Yeah. So yeah. he's. Str- I, and I yeah. grew up with brothers, so I don't know why that doesn't affect me as much. I, I guess with comedy, too, I'm very open minded. And I don't have to believe everything that you believe in yeah. when you're up there. Like, I really like Chelsea Handler a lot. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I often think, though, like, if I had a teenage jo- daughter and we were going to go see her, I would have to, like, disclaim her, <laughs> like, look, she talks a lot about drugs. She talks a lot about. Doing <laughs> right, this right, and that. right. Don't. Don't think that you know it's okay for you to just go on this drug binge. Like I would want to talk to my kid about it, but I think she's brilliant. I I really like her a lot. I've liked her for years. Um, There's just something funny, just something different about her. My son introduced
2: us to a community who was a little, uh, was a little person. I can't remember his name. Oh, um,
3: okay. I'm
1: not familiar. I, I, you, you have we, to let me know next time.
2: Go. I have to run. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and follow them on Instagram. If, you follow, if you're if you a new follower on their Instagram account, we have a pair of tickets for you to go see me and Susanna Rodriguez, Rena Calm, Paul Farvard, Jesse Jerry Walski, and Dwayne Kennedy at the Laugh Factory. We'll be at the Laugh Factory this Sunday, 7 o'clock show. Go to laughfactory.com. Go to kidsaboveall.org. And tomorrow night, it is Orchard on the Green in Aurora. Yeah, Orchard our- Valley
3: Golf Course. You there you go.
1: Rora. Good night, yeah. everybody. Thank you, Alejandro. Have Bye a great day, night. my who's up next? I'm going to wait! <laughs> <Bon Advocate. noite. laughs>